Comics on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kind and space in general. This is episode 13. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me this evening is other co-host, David. Welcome to episode 13, everybody. Lucky number 13. Lucky 13. We are here at Pub 39A. Yep, second time. Second, second time, time around. We're, yep. uh, we've made it, uh, we might... You know, bounce around from time to time with the uh, locations for recording, but yeah. uh, we're we're doing two in a row here at Pub Thirty Nine A, and we have my little dog Lovell. Yep, uh, Lovell's here again. He's here. He's chilling. He's uh, a little rambunctious tonight, but uh, we're we'll try to keep him quiet for everybody. But. Yeah, yeah. So if you hear a couple uh, paw pats on the wood floor, that's just Lovell. Yeah, he's named yep. after Jim Lovell, so we can uh, we can just uh, deal with it. He's yeah. space themed. Yeah, you so. just uh, and if you don't like his <laughs> his noises, uh, well, well, we apologize. Yeah. But uh, he's he's part of the family here at Eclipse on Tap. So. He is. He is. So we are uh, sitting here around the uh, the round table that is the Goodyear Racing Tire. <laughs> Hell <laughs> and, yeah, we are. Uh, and we're yeah. drinking uh, our our beer of the month, Lagunitas Super Cluster Ale. It is a uh, an IPA from Lagunitas. Which is based in Petaluma, California. They also have a brewery in Chicago, but originally from uh, from California. It is a citra hopped mega ale, is what they call it. Yep. Of intergalactic proportions. It's very space themed. It's got a really cool can. Uh, we'll post a picture of it on the Instagram, but we have to read the side of the can. It says, "You are here on a speck of dust, three tiny rocks from the source, at the edge of something much larger." In the middle of something else, at the beginning of the end, it's a lot to wrap your head around. So take one big gulp at a time. Life is uncertain. And what is the ABV, Matt? Eight point zero percent. So it's a it's a nice hoppy IPA. Really, really good. Just came out. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah. You, you definitely you wouldn't know like we were sipping on it, and you wouldn't honestly know that it's eight percent. Yeah, it tastes like, like it tastes like a pale yeah, ale, yeah. Uh, but it is a uh, much more robust IPA. Yeah, uh, it's kind of masked with uh, some tasty hops. Yeah, did you when you just came across this? Then, yeah, didn't you? yeah, it yeah. just came out. I think the other day. Oh, okay. So it's a new release from Lagunitas. Really, really good. Picked up a six pack of it for nine ninety nine. Actually, cheap. Not bad at all. Yeah. Really, I mean, especially for been, a California beer. Yeah, it's uh, seems like with Lagunitas they're usually pretty, you know, not as expensive yeah. uh, beer to buy, but like as opposed to a lot of the local stuff that we get but um yeah definitely very very good and very cool that they came out with a space themed beer which we've been trying to feature as many times as we can here yep super cluster as in globular cluster yes (laughs) yes Um, sir so it's a good one uh we're enjoying it um that's going to be our our beer for the the first half of this podcast and maybe we'll mix it up for the second half yep i got a little little something something for the second half so maybe we'll break up uh, another one of those, and we're gonna go west coast for the beginning, and uh, maybe we'll bring him back local for the for the second half. Yep, for, from the great beer state, Michigan. Yep. Um, but thanks for joining us for episode thirteen. We hope that you enjoyed episode twelve, our uh, one year anniversary episode. It was a big deal for us. Um, we really enjoyed that one with the NASCAR roundtable. Yep. Uh, the roundtable of the eclipse, roundtable of totality. Yep. Whatever you want to call it, we had a good time, and we hope that you did too. But now it's a new year. 
<laughs> this yeah. is uh, it's a new eclipse year. Yeah, that, that's the end of the eclipse cycle yeah. for us. So we're uh, yeah we're starting fresh, um, blazing a new trail. Basically, this is you know I would say this is like the like right when we started doing the podcast. Right. Um, this time last, last year. year. So yeah. um, definitely uh, happy to continue doing this, and we'll you know definitely I, I I'm looking forward to continuing to do this and and have more fun and find new beers and talk more space and uh, you know bring up different topics anything that we can it's, it's a lot of fun We're, i think it's a blast doing this so yeah we enjoyed it it's always a highlight of of our month month by month um and we enjoy releasing these regardless of how many people listen or, or who tunes in we're just happy that you're here listening if you are uh indeed tuning in whether it's apple Podcasts or google play store or whatever it is that you're using for your podcasts uh and and as the as the new year progresses maybe we'll find some more outlets as well uh, if you're someone that uses like Stitcher Radio or something, we'll see if we can get our podcast on on that platform too. Yeah, uh, we we might as well. Um, might as well. So episode 13, we've got some stuff here in the works. Um, first, we're gonna chat a little bit about just kind of updating you what we've been doing um, in our daily lives, and then uh, post break, uh, we're gonna talk about a a, ma- a legendary find. Yeah, uh, and when we say find, we're talking. You know, you're riding down the road and you see some people throwing some stuff out. Sometimes they, you know, have a piece of furniture with a tag that says free. And, you you know, you might be interested to grab it. Totally different find. Uh, very, very much in tune with what this podcast is all about. Yep. So that'll be our, uh, the story of that legendary find is going to be our, our main topic. Yep. Start of the third quarter, we'll talk about that one. So after the, yep. after the halftime, we'll... Uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's football season. Football college season football. now, so yeah, yeah. We we've been uh, watching some college football the last couple of weeks. I'm yep. Sure, you guys have too. But uh, yeah, Matt, you you had uh, your my trip. Your your uh, Wolverines uh, didn't do too hot last week. Not last okay. week. Yeah, yeah. This week they no. did good um, against uh, my other alma mater for grad school, Western Michigan, yep. and they crushed them. So crushed them. Um, my heart lies with my undergrad though, which is. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines and they did they did very well today so that was a, a ple- pleasure to watch okay. um, today though we uh, are gonna first start out with just talking uh, about a big trip I had which was yep. uh, kind of last minute uh, my dad and I usually do an every four-year fishing trip this year it wasn't looking like looking like it was gonna happen and last minute a uh, good college buddy of his who has a uh, condo in Cocoa Beach Florida said, hey, uh, do you and Matt want to come down um, for Labor Day weekend, or the, the beginning part of Labor Day weekend? Yep. Um, we'll do a little charter fishing on the deep sea charter fishing. Uh, we'll watch the Michigan-Notre Dame game, which, as David alluded to, totally sucked. Um, but that's all right. It was still fun to watch uh, with, with some friends down there. So we um, thought about it, kind of thought, well, I'm going to have to take a, a couple days off work uh, is this going to be worth it? And the flight from Grand Rapids to Sanford Airport, which is northeast of Orlando, was 57 bucks. So I was like, yeah, no brainer. Because we knew we were going to get in early on Thursday, and en route to the Cocoa Beach condo is Cape Canaveral and uh, Kennedy Space Center. So it was uh, a win-win and a fantastic trip. Got to go to Kennedy Space Center on Thursday afternoon, and um, 
was joined by a good friend of mine, Matt Belfler, who uh, lives in Gainesville, and he um, made the two-hour trip east from the center of the state of Florida to join us at Kennedy Space Center. We got there around three or so, so we didn't get to experience some of the bus tours out to the vehicle assembly building and where they have the Saturn V laid down on the ground out there, but uh, still got to do a tour of the Rocket Garden, uh, which is amazing. The Rocket Garden is, it's unreal to see like an Atlas rocket just yeah. standing up fully, like they've got it standing up straight, it's in- insane. Yeah. And the uh, the capsule is, um, you look at it up at the top and it looks like, you know, this tiny little thing. And then they have a, a capsule replica down at the bottom. And it really is small. Um, so you think about John Glenn, for example, going up there and uh, you get to sit in the capsule and stuff and it just blows your mind. Yeah. You just imagine being like in the top of that thing. Yeah. I can't like... I haven't even been able to see like a Saturn V. Like my like dad, I know I know you've been down to Huntsville. Huntsville yeah. and you've actually seen the Saturn V down there standing right. up. Yeah. Um, like that would just blow my mind. I yeah. don't know what I would do, but yeah, to go to Kennedy Space Center, that's on my bucket list for sure. And to do you know go to the Rocket Garden, go do the bus tours and all yeah. that. But that was really cool. Yeah. You guys got to go down there and check it out on your trip. But yeah, next time I, I go, I, I want to definitely dedicate a whole day. We knew we would only have the half day, um, and if you are someone that's going or planning a trip down there, uh, it is helpful to know that uh, if you do go just for a half day, like and and you're not going to be able to make the bus tours, they do give you a discount, um, and you're able to still really see everything at the visitors complex without having to pay the full price. So that's definitely helpful for a first timer, yeah. Um, especially kind of in route to to something else like that. That wasn't the main destination for our trip. But to kind of just hit it on the way was was just ideal. So in addition to the Rocket Garden, we got to see the Space Shuttle Atlantis uh, exhibit, which is kind of their big thing there. Yeah. Um, of course, Atlantis was one of the um, one of the six space shuttles. So Enterprise, Endeavor, Discovery, Atlantis, Challenger, and what's the last one? Did you say Discovery too? I said Discovery. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so every, everyone thinks there's five, but there's actually six because Enterprise yeah. was the first one that John Young and um, Crippen went up on. Yeah. Just the two of them as like the first manned space shuttle launch. Um, but Discovery, Endeavor, Enterprise, Challenger, Atlantis, and Columbia. Columbia. Columbia is yeah, the yeah. yeah. So um, Atlantis is the one that they kind of showcase. And it is awesome because when you walk into the exhibit, they have not the space shuttle up on, on uh, a vertical stand, but they have the two solid rocket boosters in the fuel cell, mm-hmm. um, just as it would be on a launch pad. And it is just so much bigger than I ever thought it was. Yeah. You know, you think about the Saturn V being just this massive rocket and then the space shuttle being a significantly smaller package and a more advanced technology, more efficient technology that they developed, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s, that obviously was incredibly efficient uh, for what it was at the time, it still is amazingly large. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just enormous. And so uh, I posted some pictures up on the Eclipse on Tab Instagram, so hopefully you uh, you can check those out and and take a peek at the Atlantis exhibit. The amount, or it's, it's like no expense spared for the Atlantis exhibit. They really do a good job... You walk in and they make you watch a video. 
you watch this programming video about like the initial what like what were they thinking when they were talking space shuttle um their initial ideas it shows you all like the initial drafts some of the drafts were of course incredibly far-fetched and then they started to hone it down and figure out what what they wanted to do and then you move into the second room which is like a dome and the dome room has a projector screen that makes it look like you're standing maybe i don't know a mile from the launch pad and you're watching the launch like as if you were there yeah um it it almost kind of feels like virtual reality because it's completely 360 degrees around you and then the space shuttle launches and it shows the solid rocket boosters detach and it shows the um, fuel cell detached once it's in orbit and all this sort of thing and then once the cargo bay opens and the canada arm reaches out the screen there's like the wall like lifts up and there's just a screen and so you're you're looking at the the visual representation of the special but then the screen the wall lifts up and you start to see it and like you're like is that the actual space shuttle behind the screen sure enough it is so they they somehow seamlessly like go from video to real life without you even knowing yeah and then they lift the screen up and you're like what (laughs) you're just looking at the space shuttle kind of suspended from the ceiling with the cargo bay doors open and the canada arm sticking out just as it would be in uh, in orbit, you know, doing some repairs to the to some sort of satellite or the ISS or something. Yeah. Um, so just that the thought that they put into the presentation is unreal. Um, I was completely blown away. So then you get to walk around the Atlantis exhibit, and um, there's a, an actual space shuttle simulation, and that was fantastic. It really somehow they 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 fit you into this little capsule. You you you're starting horizontal. And you strap in, you buckle in, and then you're, the theme of it is that you're in this little capsule that they've designed that goes in the cargo bay of the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. So there's like a pilot up in the, pilot and other astronauts in the actual command section of the space shuttle, and you're in the, you're essentially like a cargo passenger. Mm-hmm. And they've got this whole video to tie into it. It's kind of tricking your brain to thinking that you're actually in the, in the cargo bay. And then they lift you straight up, so you're like 90 degrees. You you can feel it. You can feel the weight on your shoulders. Yeah. That you're actually up on the launch pad. Yeah. And then it launches and it rumbles and it makes sound and everything. And somehow I don't know how they're doing it, but you feel like G's on your face. Really. You can feel like your cheeks like pull back a little bit, and it was incredible. So you actually feel like you're kind of on a launch. Yeah. Um, and so I would definitely recommend that if you're someone that's a fan of. Not only the space shuttle program, but space in general. Yeah. If you're in the area, it's just, it's cool. And it's all included in the price of your admission. It's not like a special ride fee or anything. Yeah. So that, that was amazing. That'd be, that would be, you know, quite the experience. Like just to be able to go see all that stuff mm-hmm. and then have those little like experiences like that where they have those simulations and all that. Yeah. It's like a total I, bonus. I didn't yeah. even know it existed. Yeah. That'd be like we we've always talked about, you know, down the road here, you know, next few years doing adult adult space camp and yeah. like getting a group of guys together, you know, that would be like absolutely like that'd blow my mind. Like yeah. be able to do that with a group of dudes for, you know, I think it's a four day thing. It's like a long said. a long weekend. Yeah, so that that would be a lot of fun to do that too. But yeah, to be able to go there and do all that and and then just see like the actual, you know, you said that because you, you guys went there for the charter. Yep. And you could see the vehicle assembly building from like miles away. Oh yeah, you know, like that. Yeah. That would just like 
give me goosebumps. Yeah, it's cool. So so when you're driving into Cape Canaveral, like going to the Space Center, what you realize, um, from from for me not being from Florida, I think folks that live in Florida and are around that area probably realize this, but you've got all these beaches on the eastern seaboard on the Atlantic coast. You've got Daytona Beach, you've got New Smyrna Beach, all these beaches, Cocoa Beach, and they're your typical kind of kitschy, touristy beach town. But then sandwiched into all that is Cape Canaveral. And you have Port Canaveral, which is where all the big cruise ships launch from. But the actual Cape itself is just 100% owned by NASA. Yeah. So you're used to this packed-in, touristy beach town, north and south. And in the, in the middle, it's just nothing but NASA stuff. Yeah. And so you're driving out on this uh, causeway. And so you have the ocean on your left, ocean on your right. And you all you can see in the horizon is the vehicle assembly building and the... Atlantis solid rocket booster and fuel cell up on its, you know, as if it was on the launch pad. Yeah. That little display that they have, you can only see those two things. And so you're driving in, you're getting like pumped. Um, That'd be badass. So they do a nice job with that. And you're looking all around you and there's like no, there's no residential, there's no commercial buildings or anything. It's just like a nature preserve that they have there. Yeah. And um, because obviously not all of it is used for, for physical buildings of NASA, a lot of it is just space, yeah. So that they can like launch and not have to worry about yeah shattering yeah. windows and <laughs> stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. Um, Noise complaints. Yeah, exactly. So um, the drive in, into Cape Canaveral is just fantastic, and then the charter was on Friday morning. We launched from Port Canaveral, so we get on this this charter boat and we're driving out, we're cruising out, and I'm like still looking. I can see the vehicle assembly building, but I can still see land. And then we, you know, this this boat we were on had like three, 350 horsepower outboards going 60 miles an hour straight across the ocean. We go 18 miles offshore and I turn around and I can't see land. I can't see any buildings, but I can still see very clearly the vehicle assembly building. Like just this massive, massive building. Just white cube. Yeah. And you can see like the giant, like the, the, I think it's the... It'd be the west side of the building has like a giant NASA yeah uh, sticker on, or you know paint on it, and so you can see just this building and you can still see the NASA thing. On it. It's so yeah. cool. You can't even see the like the land. It's just it looks like it's floating. That'd be badass. It's just a massive building. It's a lot to take in. It is. It'd be so, cool to see a launch like like he said like from from the, the water. from the water like yeah. watch something go off like from there. But um, and then to think like. Somebody that we've talked to on this podcast, like Brady Keniston, mm-hmm. was actually on the vehicle on top of it, yeah. Like to watch a launch, like that is just that'd be absolutely insane to go actually go to the building and see everything and yeah. just the history around there. Like when I went to NASA Langley, you know, obviously it's more of a research facility, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of like uh, different areas, like different, you know, obviously there's a big hangar with a lot of different planes and stuff in there, and a lot of different research buildings and all that. Um, really, like where everything really started, as far as all the paperwork and all, everything, all the studies and yeah, you know, ne- you know, obviously astronauts were all recruited there and were brought there first to get everything, get the ball rolling with the whole mission to the moon, basically. Um, but to go to the actual place with you know, you had Pad Thirty Nine A and yeah. you know all these places like that's like. To me, it's like holy ground. You know? Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, It'd be so cool. That's the thing too is I was really um, 
excited when so we go out on this charter and we, we're it's kind of off season for a lot of the sport fish because in the late summer the ocean has kind of reached an equilibrium as far as temperature goes so the water we were in was like 83 degrees it was crazy warm compared to what i'm used to in the great lakes i don't think the water ever gets that warm no so uh typically though the gulf stream is where they they want to sport fish and the gulf stream is about 18 to 20 miles offshore if you're in the spring or the fall, the Gulf Stream is like 83 degrees. The rest of the ocean is probably like 60, 65 degrees. So of course the fish go all to the Gulf Stream. The charter can go out there and just pinpoint the Gulf Stream, cast out a line and just catch fish like crazy. But in this time of the time of the year, it's kind of the fish are just all over because the water temp is the same everywhere. So in order to try to, I don't know, get a better, um, chance of catch, catching fish, they wanted to catch some live bait. So to them, it was just routine. They're driving up the shoreline, like right offshore of Cape Canaveral, just looking for spots where maybe birds are diving down, where they could throw out a net and catch a bunch of sardines to use as bait. And so for them, they're, they're throwing their nets out and whatever. And I'm just, and like everyone else on the boat, like even, you know, like my dad's friends and stuff, we're, we're just like hanging out or whatever. I'm just like locked on the shore because the fact that we're cruising up the shore, I'm, the pad 39A was right there. Yeah. Like it's right at the edge. So everyone else is so focused on let's catch these sardines or whatever. And I'm just like, I could care less about this. <laughs> um, I knew they had like plenty of bait that they could use otherwise. And I knew it wasn't going to compromise our fishing for the day. So I was locked in just like pad 39A. I'm looking at it like... Yeah pretty much right there and it was crazy it's yeah. crazy well it's like one of those things in life you just am i ever gonna see this and there you are you're right on a boat and you're yep. staring right at it it's like i would probably need to wear like a adult diaper at that point yeah probably yeah and i i almost i mean the timing worked out right for us to go down there as far as a trip given that it was labor day weekend it was an easy time to go because yeah. work was slow at, in general. So it was easy to get the time off. Yeah. But I almost wished it was two weeks earlier because two weeks earlier, they launched the United Launch Alliance, launched from Kennedy Space Center, the, um, what is their rocket called? The, the three booster. Is it like the Atlas V? Yeah. yeah, Atlas, 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 Atlas Four or Atlas Five? Yeah, Atlas Five. I think the, it is the yeah. ULA one. Yeah. yeah. So they launched the uh, NASA's uh, Juno probe that that's going to the to try to get close to the sun. Yeah. That satellite, and they launched that like on August tenth or something, and I was like, man, that would have been sweet. Yeah. No, that's like we've been talking about like it would be so cool to be there for the next like man mission yeah. like go make the trip down there do a tour of the whole facility yep um and obviously you know bucket list do do the old uh you know space camp adult space camp thing for sure. but um yeah it would be i think even more more of a more of a bucket list thing to go actually see the next man mission mm-hmm. out of there that would be like you can't even yeah you know that the next best thing to an eclipse would be a man yeah. launch but yeah and it's it's like you know us living in Grand Rapids um, we have a decent airport here and the fact that the flight down to Orlando is fifty seven bucks yeah 
is uh, we have no excuse no. not to go down. So I'm thinking, you know, even the next big launch, you know, I, yeah. there's Falcon 9s that go up. Um, I'm not saying often, but, you know, relatively often. Um, but the next, like, Falcon Heavy or the next, I don't know, the big Blue Origin one that they launch or something. Like, yeah. Even for that to go down the would BFR. be so cool. Yeah, yeah, the BFR, <laughs> something. If that, if that goes, yeah, I mean, it will, but... I know that yeah, there's there is te- I think there is a Falcon Heavy scheduled for sometime late this fall, like November. Yeah. Um and so, you know, I'm not sure if we'll be able to make that, but but catching a launch like that, even if it's not manned, just this the sheer size of a rocket like that. Yeah. Um, would be pretty incredible. And so I got my brain juices uh, you know, a pumping. A flowing. Yeah, because you start realizing the ease of getting down there. Um, granted, it was on Allegiant Air, uh, which, if you haven't flown Allegiant Air, it is a uh, an airline that targets pretty much smaller air airports like Grand Rapids, and you know it doesn't fly into Orlando. It flies flies into Sanford, which is a kind of a smaller Orlando metro area airport. Yeah. Um, and they only fly like one or two a week. It's not like an everyday thing. It's very specialized, but the upside is it's so cheap. Um, the downside is it's a pretty shitty airline. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's not. I didn't. I didn't ever feel like I, my safety was compromised. They're, they're just. Um, you pay for what you get. Kind exactly. Of yeah. Know? It's just yeah. very bare bones. Um, yeah. And it, it was totally fine. It was a pleasant flight, and to get down there for that cheap, it was like unreal. Yeah. So yeah. even if there, you know, is like a few hiccups along the way. Yeah. I mean, you're only paying sixty bucks to go. Yeah. fly down there so yeah so you, it's, it's almost it almost comes with the territory yeah um so yeah. You, you come to, to come to expect it when you're when you're paying for such a cheap flight and yeah just, just even the visitors complex it really is i mean there's there's plenty of touristy stuff there at kennedy space center yeah it's kind of funny we were we were joking myself and, and matt belfler and my dad were joking it's like you know dipping dots like the yeah the dot like the dots ice cream it's like the dipping dots capital of the world is because, it? yeah because like dipping dots whole thing is it's like it's like space ice cream you know yeah whatever so i swear there was dipping dot stands at every single possible juncture really <laughs> it's ridiculous at the cape at, at kennedy space oh Center. really yeah, yeah. just okay. dipping dots everywhere oh. um so there's stuff like that where they're obviously you know they know they're gonna get a lot of touristy folks and whatever oh, yeah. i mean but, that's i would think that's their number one like they're yeah, when when there's nothing really going on, that's that's what it is. Yeah, it's more or less like a, more or less like a somewhat of a museum. Yeah, for you know space 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 stuff. enthusiasts and all that kind of thing. But yeah, and there you know there's some kind of goofy stuff. There's like some goofy little cafes with some cliche you know this out of this world chicken tenders whatever <laughs> like, stuff like that. But space um, fried chicken. Yeah. Uh, but if you can push that all aside and, you know, hit the things you want to see, um, it's incredible. They, on, on our way, on, on the way out, they have this museum where you would very easily miss it if you weren't looking for it. It's on, like, the, the south side of the Rocket Garden. Yeah. And it's, like, it almost, like, has, like, an imprint on the side of the building that kind of looks like Mount Rushmore, but with just, like, astronaut faces. Yeah. But it almost looks like this building that you aren't supposed to go into. But it very when you get there, it's like they want you there. Yeah. And it's uh, a museum. It's amazing. They have this Hall of Fame of, of NASA. 
and these really cool kind of uh, portraits of all the astronauts that have made the NASA Hall of Fame, of which all the Apollo guys, of course, are in there. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the space shuttle astronauts, of course, too. Um, but that was cool to see, too. Just, like, go there. That was actually my favorite part because the way they have it framed is you go through, you walk through this Hall of Fame, essentially, and then you get to the end of it. They have a complete, like, you know, exact inch-for-inch replica of the Mercury... Um, kind of control center yeah when john glenn went up yeah and it's crazy like the dial phones and everything you get to stand there and be like how the heck did they get this dude up there yeah you're looking at the stuff that they were utilizing yeah it's insane these switchboards dial phones yeah it almost a little scary yeah like, you're like what yeah like <laughs> what that, that, that guy had some like no nerves and a lot of balls some cojones <laughs> the size of yeah. uh, melons because yeah and what's cool is when when you you walk into this little uh replica you know exact copy of the control center on the screen that's like up on the top right where the where the screen would be in real life mm-hmm. they have like the um the camera of like the footage of john glenn like when so it feels like you're there yeah and they're kind of running through the things that he was dealing with like the little issues and stuff um, that he was having to call back down uh, to the control center to to handle. Yeah. Um, and they, so that you walk into that, you're just like, this is so cool. And then they have little corners of the museum with all sorts of cool artifacts, and each one is themed based on kind of what you would consider the characteristics of a of an astronaut, especially those early guys, um, like passion, uh, determination, courage. So each one is themed. It literally says it on the top, passion. And you go in there and it's all the things that would per- pertain to their passion for spaceflight. Mm-hmm. And that, like all the artifacts and stuff. And then you go into the courage one and it shows like the first spaceflight suit of, um, you know, Alan Shepard. And you look at the thing and you're like, what? Like the the boots like are like lace up yeah. boots and yeah. stuff. It's just crazy. Yeah. That it, it's like, like he's wearing tin foil for Yeah, a, yeah. A, and so the way that they have it themed, it really like it hits, it smacks you across the side of the face because you really it puts it into perspective, uh, what you know all those characteristics really yeah. meant to these guys. Um, well, it like even like when I went to the Smithsonian, it kind of like puts it into perspective. Like the at the time it was really good technology, but now in like modern day, it's it's like. It's almost like, oh my God, like, how did they do this? Yeah. Like, it, this is insane that they were able to get somebody, let alone into space. Yeah. And number two, land multiple people and multiple missions mm-hmm. to the moon. It's like, I, it's like totally blows your mind, especially when you like see the things that they were using up close, like you were saying, just, yeah. it's like, how on earth did they, it, it's like, Literally, our phones that we use now are more powerful than the computer in the command module. Yep. It's it's like totally like blows your hair back, but it's crazy. Ma- it makes me respect it. I think even more because because of that, you know. Yeah. Uh, they also have a very uh, very very nice um, corner of that that's dedicated to like all that were lost. Yeah. Um, so they have a little section for, of course, the 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 Apollo fire. Um, you know that those guys, um, Apollo one, Apollo yeah. one, um, that failure, and then they also have the Challenger, and I believe it was it was at the Columbia mission where the they were landing and the reentry at 
didn't yeah. work out right. So they have all of that set aside for, for those that were, you know, lost in the mission to advance space flight. Yeah. And it's really respectful and it, it's a very like well done exhibit. Mm-hmm. And then you're walking through and, and you just, it just, it just smacks you across the face. You're like, how, how is this all done? And, and it just gives you a better perspective than you've ever had um, to see it all in person. It's really cool. One of the coolest things in that area is they have a Gemini capsule. And so you, you look at the Gemini capsule, you can actually walk inside of it and you, and it's like the actual thing. It's not a replica. And so you see all the control panels and stuff. And then you walk around this other side uh, where they have more of an exhibit and there's a screen and it's a glass screen. So you're still, you can still see the Gemini capsule through the glass, Mm -hmm. but the projector on the other side is showing, um, I can't remember what Gemini mission it was, but the one, well, the one Gene Cernan was on. Okay. And the video is projecting Gene Cernan's spacewalk out of the Gemini capsule. So you're looking at the Gemini capsule. So of course the the video doesn't need to project that because you can see it with your own eyes. But then they have like the the video, uh, a virtual video of Gene Cernan, and that was the the spacewalk where his heart was getting wrapped. Yeah, it was really of a lot of issues. Yeah, and it's showing like the panic and all this, and it's just crazy. Yeah, you know the the his his tether was like getting wrapped around him and stuff. Just absolutely insane, and and to know that because of the courage of somebody like him, they were able to make advancements. And that, like they were talking about before that, they didn't really know how to do a spacewalk correctly. No. They had a tether, sure, but they didn't realize that on the on the actual outer area of the spot where they're gonna spacewalk, that they should put like a lot of um, like holes handles. And yeah. Hand, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> to think that Gene Cernan is outside of the Gemini capsule, tethered to it with just this cord, yeah. And there's nothing for him to hold on to, like hardly anything. And it's crazy. And from yeah. that, though, they learned we need to put tons of stuff to grab onto. Yeah. And um, well, so. I think they like for that, they had no idea like what what it was going to be like. They, they knew, you know, I think they, they had an idea of the, the weightlessness and all that. But like they didn't know when a guy, what would happen to a guy floating like literally free floating in yeah. space like I had no idea so that yeah. like like little things like that like it's really cool because they can you know they all those missions leading up to the grand finale for with Apollo 11 and all that like those were all stepping stones mm-hmm. and like I, I think it's little things like that are like forgotten a little yeah, bit because absolutely. of like the, the big massive fireworks of going to the moon and all that and finally getting there like people just I think it's cool that they highlight all that because it's it's what got us there is those little stepping stones that thankfully we didn't lose a guy like Gene Cernan in know, that during yeah. that spacewalk yeah and, um, you know things like that it, it's just uh, kind of it's a really really neat thing that they're they're able to showcase that you know in a definitely like in a place like Kennedy and and you know hopefully a lot of people can go see that and yeah you know but yeah and it's it's it like we've said, it already puts it into perspective. And, and for like you and I, like Gene Cernan to us already is a huge badass. He's the, he's like just this amazing figure in this whole space flight endeavor that yeah. the United States decided to take on. He's one of the top guys. Like, yeah. And then you see that and you're like, 
holy crap. Like, I didn't quite realize this. Yeah. And then you're like, this guy is more of a badass than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's just so cool. And, And from that, they also said, not only did they know that they needed to install a lot of footholds and handholds and all these sorts of things on where they're going to spacewalk, but they also started, uh, that kind of laid the, the way for the neutral buoyancy pool Yeah. Um, so that they could get the best possible feel of a spacewalk underwater to replicate space that they possibly could um, and without those sorts of kind of little hiccups that thankfully didn't result and, you know, Gene Cernan detaching from his tether and going off into space at that time, it laid the way for those progression moments. Um, yeah, yeah. So they, they do do a nice job of that. And and like I said, though, I wish they would showcase that museum better because you, we were like literally walking out. I was about to go through the turnstile, like to get out of Kennedy. And I was like, let me go check. Like, I want to check this out. But yeah. yeah. It was like 530, I think the museum or the actual park closes at six. It's like let me let me just check this out, and of course my dad and Matt were both just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I'm so glad I did it because yeah, why not? Yeah, would have missed it completely. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was cool, and uh, we got to get down there. Yeah, we we all need to get down there, and then and then definitely do the the Huntsville, uh, Alabama Adult Space Camp as well. Yeah, um, having been to the like. The way they work it is they have space camp, which is 10 and under, ages 10 and under, so it's kind of the kid version, and then 11 to, I think, 15 or so high school age is advanced space, or, sorry, space academy, Yeah. and that's what I had the privilege of going to, and then advanced space academy is high school aged, and then the adult space camp is, of course, adults, yeah. anybody 18 or over, and we need, yeah, that those two things conjoined, we have to figure out a way to do that. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it will. It will happen. Within the next, uh, I would say, the next three, three years. Three years, I think we could do that. Yeah, for we sure. we got to do it while we're young, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Go yeah, with the dads it, and all yeah, that. Yeah, it can't be uh, something that's too far down the road yeah. because we have to do it while we're we, we gotta in take, the moment. Yeah, we got to take the race chaser dad down there. We got to get your dad down there. We yep. got to get, you know. Yep. Get a whole a, crew. Get a whole crew down there because it'll be a, a, a tough mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the missions that they make you do, um, at least when when I went to Space Academy, they throw you into like a space shuttle mission, where it's like a simulation, and they assign you all these roles, and you have no idea what you're doing, and they just throw stuff at you, and the mission is a total fail, and they are trying to get you to understand how difficult this was to do, and then you go through a full week of like understanding all these things, and you learn about rocket propulsion and all the, like all these different aspects of what we need you know what we needed to do to get people up into space yeah and then they do the mission again at the end and they reassign your roles and you just like totally crush it yeah and uh it feels really cool so uh, i would imagine they do that for adult space camp if not more yeah know, more advanced because i as, bet you, yeah i i'm I, that'd be sweet i i don't know what they all what they do like i have to research it more but That'd be really cool if we get to go like in the pool and do yeah. like neutral buoyancy stuff. And I, I know for sure that the um, that was one thing when I was I was like eleven. I think I was eleven when I went. Um, but the advanced space academy kids who were like fourteen and above, they got to go. It wasn't a true. It wasn't like the neutral uh, neutral buoyancy pool. Yeah. But it was like the cylinder pool. It was like a thirty foot pool that was a giant cylinder, and at the base of it 
was like a replica lunar module and the advanced space academy kids got to go and scoop a gear pretty much and go down and like repair the lunar module that's awesome um and i remember being like damn i wish i was three years older (laughs) (laughs) because that looked cool and when you walk into like the the space camp area of huntsville yeah they have it's like that is completely clear too so you can see people doing it like so you're like sitting in the cafeteria eating lunch and you're like watching people do this i'm like that's freaking awesome son of a bitch i want to do it (laughs) so we definitely need to do that um so yeah um but that that's that was a quite quite a rant so uh yeah we'll go ahead and take a break i'm thirsty myself uh my my super cluster is is dry just about empty it's dry um so we'll go ahead and take a break and we'll be back with you soon to update you on some space news and then talk about our legendary find um in just a moment break we are back here with a couple of new brews um this is a local brew relatively local yeah. west side of the state of michigan from holland you want to introduce it with a yeah let a me, swift uh, crack hold of on the a sec, let me uh, crack this one <sighs> well so i uh, yeah i went to the old uh, the old grocery store like uh, like we all do um went to uh, d&w Pick this one up. It's uh, from Big Lake Brewing in Holland, Michigan. It's a juicy IPA called Breakwall Juicy IPA. So um, nice local brew. The juicies have been a, a thing lately. Definitely um, a trend, yeah. Been a trend, especially in Beer City here. So I thought, uh, why not grab one and uh, grab a little a four-pack. It's yeah. four pints, but it's actually pretty good. Um, Very good. Yeah. Definitely like a, a fruity. I mean, mm-hmm. not not you know. I'm not a huge fruity beer guy, but it definitely has like more of like a mangoey kind of taste to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's really good. Good IPA. Um, I think uh, definitely one of the ones I'll be I'll be going back to. But um, I always like the the local stuff, especially uh, especially like Holland, Michigan has a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, you know, I, I like the Grand Rapids stuff, but. The more you can go for the the stuff around town, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe out in Holland, Grand Haven, that kind of thing, and even up north. Uh, I know Petoskey has some good stuff too, but um, definitely uh, good flavor on this one. I like it. Yeah, but. it's very good. Um, juicy IPAs. Some people call them hazy IPAs or New England style IPAs. Definitely a trend um, that uh, we enjoy. Uh, really good beer. This yeah. one says featuring citra and mosaic hops. So yeah. two of the best hops around. Yeah. Um, two of the best varieties of hops available. So really cool can too. It's got a, a nice lighthouse with a break a, a break wall, um, kind of a cliff looking uh, picture on the front. Really cool can. Yeah. So fitting for the uh, the uh, yeah the the west coast yeah, of the, Michigan. Yeah, definitely the the big lake brewing. Definitely very fitting theme for the can, but. Uh, yeah, it also has uh, your your usual uh, warnings on the side too. Yeah, <laughs> consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a vehicle. Indeed. Yeah. So, 
don't drink and drive. Yep. Moral of the story. But um, their motto is dive in, but yeah. don't dive in too much and then drive. Mm-hmm. Dive in and then uh, just hang out. <laughs> dive in and hang out. Record a podcast. It's like get up, get yeah. out, and look up. Dive yeah. in and hang out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get out, look up is our theme. Dive in, hang out is the theme of the Big Lake. Here. Yeah. Brewing. Big Lake Brand. Yeah. Good um, stuff. Good good indeed. So uh, that's what we're sipping on now. And we're going to kick off the second half of the break with some interesting news. So we are uh, a big, always have been big fans of SpaceX and uh, Tesla and really anything Elon Musk does. just um, Yeah, just because of his, uh, you know, I guess his overall just entrepreneurship with all of his businesses and... Mostly SpaceX, though. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a fan of the anything really like that he's been doing. I mean, it's it's been all good stuff with the Boring Company and all that uh, yeah. Tesla, but especially SpaceX, and especially since the recent uh, developments with uh, you know SpaceX with the Falcon Heavy and all that, and uh, right. Starman definitely Absolutely. is a big thing. But uh, shows that they're serious about uh, going to Mars. Uh, but yeah, what, what do we got? We had some um, yeah. recent developments here with Unf- with old Elon. Unfor- unfortunately, Elon seems to be having some sort of midlife crisis. Yeah. He's had uh, don't we the, all? The year two thousand eighteen has not been a particularly good year for PR uh, for Elon. Um, yeah. The Falcon Heavy was a great start to the year in February. Um, probably his biggest achievement as you know a CEO of a company to to see that Falcon Heavy go up pretty much work flawlessly with the exception of that center core landing itself uh, a little bit off skew and, and not quite getting to where it needed to be. Other than that, that Falcon Heavy test launch was fantastic. Um, yeah. But from there on out, he's kind of gone off the deep end for a little bit for a little bit here, mostly uh, due to, I think, the stress and everything going around with Tesla. He set some crazy production expectations for his crew at Tesla uh, to produce... <coughs> A ridiculous amount of Tesla Model Three vehicles yeah. um, this upcoming year, and I think with just all that goes into the automotive industry and all that, he just seems to have gone a little off track. Yeah, I think he's one of those types of people. He said this in interviews as well. Who his mind is just constantly ticking, like he's just always thinking of new ideas. And that's apparent because if you look at, obviously, his his very professional endeavors, which is Tesla and SpaceX, but also uh, his kind of side projects like the Boring Company or um, when the hurricane hit Puerto Rico and wiped out all of the electricity on the island and the U.S. government really wasn't super fast at, on acting to fix that. He was like, well, you know, my I'm going to go out there and... Tesla is going to power the whole island. You know, like all these sorts of things. He's always just like jumping on stuff. Or yeah. in Thailand when those uh, the soccer, the, the team of soccer players was trapped in a cave. Yeah. He like yeah. designed a special submarine to like go down and re- rescue these kids and whatever. He's just always trying to do everything, I think. Yeah. And um, that's a noble, a noble cause, of course. Um, but I think at, at a certain point... Uh, one one man, one human being can't take it all, um, and so he had some really bad PR when it came to the th- the Thailand cave thing. He pretty much called out the 
a dude that was from the UK who was kind of heading up the whole search and rescue team. Um, yeah. Called them some really nasty names. Uh, totally out of the blue. Uh, I think Elon doesn't know, know the rules of don't tweet when you're angry or drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably, probably both. both. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he had some uh, really bad tweets that um, unfortunately uh, I think kind of took a hit on his, his PR uh, I think I know for sure he's apologized for, for that whole Thailand search and rescue thing, but the recent news is a little yeah. bit strange. Yeah. So um, we in the podcasting world know that there's some very popular podcasts. So uh, Joe Rogan, who was the former host of Fear Factor back in the day, yep. um, uh, a figure, he's a stand-up comic, he has involvement with uh, UFC. He's definitely a kind of multifaceted celebrity. Yeah. And he hosts a podcast that I think it's called the, the Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan Experience or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it, it's like a top three podcast consistently on Apple Podcasts. It's it's by far top three most subscribed of all time. I mean, yeah. it's very popular. Um, so when Joe Rogan or Elon or whoever connected with one or the other, decided that they were going to go on a podcast together, I can see why that might be uh, desirable. Yeah. The Joe Rogan podcast is is one that, you know, you'd want to hop on if you were somebody. Um, but as the CEO of, of uh, two very prolific companies, Elon got himself into some deep water by uh, sharing a very large joint with, uh, with Mary uh, Jane. Joe Rogan. Yeah, of Mary Jane with, yeah. with Joe Rogan. The devil's yeah. lettuce. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. That, uh, you know, if he wants to do that in his private life, whatever, no problems with that. But to do that on uh, on a podcast, which is also syndicated live on YouTube, it's not yeah. just like what we are doing, which is a virtue or a, an audio only podcast. Yeah. Joe Rogan's podcast is a full blown production. It's audio. It's got a YouTube live thing. As soon as the podcast is done, they post it to YouTube. It's video yeah. and audio. It's like Howard Stern kind of thing. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a Howard Stern radio type show. Yeah. And uh, Joe Rogan um, is known for his antics, like to do that kind of stuff. But he, that's who he is, and yeah. so and and he has uh, maybe based on his career decisions the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's constantly smoking pot on there and drinking whiskey, whatever, and that's that's his own decision, but. For Elon we're to... We're drinking uh, beer. Hey, yeah, we're hey, drinking we're, beer. and a little sip of whiskey. The occasional too. sip of whiskey. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 all kind of just uh, how you frame it. Essentially, yeah. if you're the if you're the CEO of SpaceX and Tesla, um, you probably don't want to go on there no. and smoke pot no, with probably uh, Joe not. Rogan. Probably not. So, uh, and that is indicative of uh, his recent huge drop in stock. Um, yeah. So Tesla... So that was posted on late Thursday night. And Tesla's stock dropped like 10% yeah, on Friday cool. morning. Because, you know, people have different opinions of that kind of stuff. Of course, in, in some states, it's legal. But uh, it's currently federally illegal. Yeah. So to yeah. go on there, um, I think it's a really bad move on his end. Especially with a company who, you know, I don't think they're necessarily struggling really bad. I think overall, they, I mean, obviously, the their sales are still pretty high. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, just based on the fact that it's a publicly traded company yeah. and you have, you know, 
thousands of shareholders. Thousands, yeah. thousands of shareholders. It's a, what do you? I mean, you what are you doing going on that? Like like I've told you over the last couple of days, you text me when that happened, sent me that uh, the gift the, the gift that people have been thrown out there uh, of him taking a a puff of the uh, sweet Mary Jane and yeah yeah shaking his head or whatever yeah um, it just makes him like. With all the bad press that Tesla is currently getting, or I mean, uh, bad press as in you know, not meeting more yeah. more or less like the, the the usual like frantic press where it's like, oh they're not doing good, oh the the, the stocks dropped and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, not me- to, not meeting production goals. Yeah. To de- to yeah to have all that going on, and then to you know then like all the stuff that we just mentioned with like other stuff that he's been doing that's not even related to the whole Tesla thing. But then to go on this podcast and do that makes it just seem like he just does not give a F about yeah. like he just doesn't care. So if you're working for him, you kinda might just have one foot out the door as Absolutely. far as that goes. I mean like you just have to think like, okay, this guy does he care? Like yeah. I mean some people might say, okay, well, it's just like, you know, whatever. He's smoking a little weed and, you know, this, that, the other. But, like, I I mean, if you're you're the CEO of that big of a company and it's already getting some bad press and it's already kind of like a little nervous around, like, the office there and then you go and do something like that, it kind of makes it seem like, okay, well, if this guy doesn't care, then I don't care and I'm going to leave. Yeah, like, it's just not a good um, yeah. not a good move. Like yeah. I said, if he wants to do that in his own free time, honestly, I like, probably wouldn't be that surprised if some if some, something came out like, well, Elon smokes pot on his free time. Well, okay, whatever. But to do that in a, such a public platform um, where, you know, you know that this is going to get posted to YouTube and in today's day and age, um, the next morning, you know, it's on... It's on freaking BBC News, yeah. like across, across the across yeah. the old pond. Yeah. It's not just yeah. going to be uh, this local thing. Uh, it's very much a. It's the principle of of yeah. the um, of the act, I think. And yeah. unfortunately for Elon, it's he's going to have to pay the consequences because, like I said, the the Tesla stock just twelve hours later uh, had dropped ten percent, which is a lot of freaking oh, it's a money. Lot. It's a lot. That's a lot yeah. of money, and it's a um, big drop. And you know, like you know, the day traders and all these stock people are probably all over it because people. I think a lot of people believe in Tesla and, and think it is the future of automobiles. And so, a lot of day traders are probably like, "Wow, Tesla was at three hundred dollars per share. Now it's at two fifty. So they're all over it. They're probably free, they're just buying it up because yeah. they know it's going to rebound. And I hope it rebounds because yeah. I do. I do. It's not that I don't like Elon. It's not that I'm. I don't trust Elon. I just think it was a bad move. And. Uh, yeah, I think it's I one of those agree. things too, where, like you said, some of the employees are kind of one foot out the door, and that's, uh, you know, clear now. His a couple of his chief executives have left. His his uh, chief executive of accounting was like, piecing out. Uh, at, immediately after that, uh, aired, and then yeah. his his chief, human resources person was like, I'm done. Yeah. So that's not good. That's no. that's just not good for a company. Um, now what we're seeing is it all in the public eye of Tesla because Tesla is a publicly traded company. Yeah. SpaceX is not. Yeah. So the repercussions of what how this will affect SpaceX, which is what we care more about, yeah. will be to be determined essentially. Yeah, and so far, you know, nothing 
really nothing other than like Tesla has been under the spotlight with the negativity, but um, I would have to think, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I really hope it does not have an effect on SpaceX, yeah. because it's such a good thing. I mean, they're, I, I think they're ahead of NASA with the Orion program, uh, they're obviously they are, um, yeah. because just purely on funding, um, but I think they're one of the big hopes, the great hopes to get somebody back to the moon and to Mars. Yeah, with the um, Dragon program. and yeah. yeah, so I I would really, really hate to see that go down the toilet just because Elon just loses his marbles and, and starts doing crazy stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but you never know. Uh, I, I think it's like, I think it's a situation where, I think you're right, like... Um, with, with the media and all that kind of stuff, and and I, I guess people, and it's not just like mainstream media, but like small little outlets of media, like all on them about stuff, um, and about Tesla and all that kind of stuff, and how they're doing, questioning everything that they're, you know, how they're doing. Uh, I think it's like his way of kind of revolting a little bit, yeah, uh, and saying, well, I don't care about you guys. I'm gonna, you know, we're we're fine anyway, and that's kind of the way he's always been. Yeah, uh, I, like with these crazy ideas with like the flamethrowers and like all that kind of stuff that he's been like selling. Just, I think he this is his way of kind of uh, saying f you to everybody. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I I think he needs to, you know, I I would hope a, a guy like him would think of the repercussions from doing something like this because, I mean. I think it's just the main thing is is it's super unprofessional to yeah. do something like that, and when you have a lot of people putting a lot of money into it, they're gonna say nope, not doing this anymore. Yeah, like that's just simply like that's what's gonna happen. Like I would probably do the same thing if I was yeah. one of those people. So yeah, and, and the issue and the issue too is like you said the just general up and down nature, the the volatile nature surrounding Tesla lately, um, being that it is a publicly traded company. Um, there was a point in time uh, not long ago when he was threatening to his shareholders that he was going to bring Tesla private. And to a shareholder, you're like, well, what the hell? Like, I'm investing my money in you. Yeah. Um, and granted, if he goes private, then he's going to lose a lot of money because then he has to refund all his shares. But he had some sort of weird thing lined up with Saudi Arabia. He had some weird venture capitalists there that were going to say, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll help you go private. We'll fund you, uh, you know, in replacement of your shareholders. And Saudi Arabia, whoever it was, I can't remember, they were like, nope, we're backing out. And so then he ended up having to kind of uh, eat his own words and say, you know, actually, I think Tesla is a better is better off publicly traded. You know, it, it, it should be this way. And, yeah. And then the shareholders are kind of like, what What are you doing? You're so up and down. And uh, and so I just hope that the that doesn't affect SpaceX. Uh, it's pretty obvious that most of his energy right now is in Tesla. And so I think um, he's got some very capable hands in SpaceX uh, doing their thing. So. And they just they're just going to keep their head down and just keep plugging away. The thing that's scary to me is that NASA is utilizing these these uh, these space firms, SpaceX, Blue Origin, United Launch Alliance, to launch satellites. And so, is SpaceX gonna all of a sudden start losing contracts from the government in 
you know, maybe they're going to start going Blue Origin more often or United Alliance, United Launch Alliance more often because of uh, their fear of just this volatile nature of his actions. Yeah. Um, I yeah. hope not. Um, and, you know, the board of SpaceX and Tesla has every right to vote if they if they're i i honestly think that the board if they're smart they're gonna try to push elon out yeah because they're thinking this guy is a little off the wall right now and we have business to do yeah we have professional work to do and if our ceo the face of our company is essentially not giving an f about anything yeah um there might be a push to get him out but i think though if that did happen it wouldn't change much as far as what SpaceX is doing and what they're going to do. No. Because no. it's not like Elon is actually there designing the Falcon Heavy. No. He no. had he didn't he didn't design the Falcon Heavy at all. No. He he is the creative face of the company that's the passion and the grit and the yeah. the vision. Yeah. But he didn't make the Falcon Heavy. No. So it's no. it's like I think they're good. I but, think they're you know, be. at the same time it's it's it goes along with like the you know Apple and Steve Jobs and right. you know where they're at you know because they're making incredible leaps and bounds with all their technology and all that with Steve Jobs around because he was the visionary guy right so if you lose if you if you lose a piece of that like Elon out of SpaceX you know you wonder what that's going to do like you know maybe somebody else will come along and have a, a be another visionary type person but yeah it might be you know you know, you would hope it wouldn't go stagnant and just, you know, okay, well, we'll just keep doing this for another 20 years. Yeah. The same thing we're doing. Um, because the one thing I do like about him is that he's just very eager to, all right, we've done this, we've accomplished this, let's do the next thing. Right. Let's, let's keep building. It's, it's has that kind of feel of Apollo where it's like, okay, this is the mission. Let's go to Mars mm-hmm. like or let's go to the moon. Let's, you know, all these things. And I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure there's somebody you know in the group of people that he has working at SpaceX. I'm sure they're all obviously they were hired there for a reason. Yeah. Because they're probably similar to him, mm-hmm. um, especially the ones that are you know in charge of the different programs there. But to lose him, I think would be a big problem in the long run because he's the guy that has the vision. So yeah, he's the guy with the ideas and. And uh, and hires the people to make it reality. So, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see. I don't know. But, yeah, I think I'm yeah. hoping for the best. And you know, obviously, there's no getting around the fact, like whether you whether you look at that video and that podcast. And like when I when I watch it, I'm like this. To me, as far as like it's just it's not that big of a deal. It's the principle of it. It's not mm-hmm. the fact like. It's just the principle of his action. It's yeah. not what he was doing there. It's that you can argue like, oh, if it's legal in your state or whatever, do it on your private time. I don't, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's not like, oh, he smoked pot. Oh, whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. the it's the action on the platform that he did it on and the position that he's in professionally. Oh, yeah. He's Just the face of it. You know? The combination of those, that, mul- that multifaceted combination of all those things together is just like, why? what were you thinking? Yeah. Why, like, why, why did you do that? Especially and, in the position that you know one of his companies is in yeah why would you do that you know it's yeah. just it's kind of stupid but yeah anyway. so so that yeah. that's that's the state of of, of elon we, i mean because we follow we, the reason we wanted to bring it up is because we've 
we've kind of uh, put Elon on a pedestal at some points in this podcast because Falcon Heavy, we're like, this dude's the, the freaking yeah. savior of the space program. Yeah. Um, the Falcon Heavy launch was incredible. I mean, yeah. it was the coolest thing I've ever seen, I think, um, watching that live. Yeah. And so to see this is like a little bit of a ding on that that uh, emotion. You're you're kind of like, Damn I mean, it. Every, yeah, everybody's <laughs> got their everybody's got their faults and their issues. And there's a lot of people that I probably look up to that have done stuff that you know I don't know about. But the fact that he's in the spotlight and it was he did it on camera and all that kind of stuff is just it's. Uh, it's going to have an impact, but we'll see how big of an impact it is. And it's like almost, I feel like you have such a good thing going with SpaceX and with everything else you're doing with the boring company and all that. Like just, why would you do that? But yeah. you know, I, I just I from know. a compromising standpoint, I mean, yeah. and I like my, like I, trying to be as optimistic as possible. I'm hoping that, um, he can realize it and it, it will all kind of just, uh, the storm will pass. Yeah, and and it will um, it will all be okay. He's he's still going to be that quirky guy that everybody um, you know. He just does things like like that all the time. Like like there's a guy, for instance, I follow on YouTube. I've been following him on YouTube forever. He's this 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 young guy who started out like way back when you YouTube first started, and he would like review his electronics. Like he'd go around in his house and be like, okay, here's this new phone I got or whatever. He review it and he kept doing it and kept doing it and became this big time YouTuber who is now like the new, the next new iPhone that's coming out. Like he's the guy that's going to like drop the plug on what's, what are all the details about the iPhone 11 or whatever. Yeah. He's really become this prominent guy, but he's still like, he's a YouTuber, right? He yeah. is. But so Elon went on an interview with this guy. Like, and so that's something that you, it's definitely off the wall and it was really cool. It was actually a great interview, but it's something that you wouldn't expect a CEO of two prolific companies to normally do, to drop down to like, oh, I'm going to go interview a YouTuber yeah. and you wouldn't expect the CEO of GM. To well, why do don't that. we bring him on Eclipse on tap? We should, because honestly, yeah. with, with the way he's been conducting business, he probably would be like, yeah, let's do it. Skype him in. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Hell, just tell him, hey, you got to fly here. Yeah. To the. Pub 39A. Maybe this is the, the time yeah. to act as far as getting Elon on the show. Yeah. Because probably now now better than ever. But uh, yeah, but yeah you, you put it into perspective as far as him versus other CEOs. The CEO of Lockheed. The CEO of Boeing. CEO of United Launch Alliance. Like none of them would really do that. They're kind of like in their own vein. They're, they're focused. They're whatever. And, and that's what makes him different um, in so many good ways. But in some small ways, it's got some consequences. I think. Yeah, yeah, and that's really the the main point. So deep so, down, he's a good dude. Yeah, I know he'll get out of this. He'll, Absolutely, it'll be okay. But it's just, you know, decisions, decisions. Why do you, you know, some like I've made shitty decisions, but you know, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, we'll yeah. hope for the best. Uh, yeah. I really think that the storm will pass, and it's really not going to end up being that big of a deal. But it surely made some uh, some inter- international news. Uh, I don't think Joe Rogan, even as the host of his podcast, was thinking that uh, that passing of a joint to Elon would all of a sudden put his podcast on international news. Yeah. But it did. That's yeah. the that's the power of Elon, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's that. But we'll move on to uh, to our legendary find. Um. Some purely 
positive news, no yeah. negative connotations with this. So David uh, um, and myself uh, and David's brother, my brother-in-law, Nathan, were on a bike ride. All three of us uh, like like to, to ride bikes quite often. And we're riding home from a pretty standard ride. And all of a sudden, you and I, David, just like start freaking out. Yeah, yeah. And casual we, bike ride. Yeah. Just just going for a spin. You know, we're we're a uh, couple of you know, we had three the three stooges on road bikes basically, just riding along, met up with some buddies, then we we're looping it back to go back to uh, pub thirty nine A. Yep. And uh, yeah, on the side of the road, like in a random neighborhood that a neighborhood that we basically ride through on a daily basis, there was a gem just Staring at us in the face. Yeah, just an absolute gem. So it was, uh, Nathan actually was ahead of us. He thought, like, I, like, I actually, like, s- like screamed, I think. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> well, you and, looked at me. Yeah. Like, you kind of, like, freaked out and looked at me, and I was like, yes, I saw that. Yeah. And Nathan <laughs> was ahead of us. He thought I got, like, stung by a bee or something, yeah. something like, more dramatic happening. Because, I like, we freaked out. Yeah. Sure enough, what we see, um, there's some recycling bins, some trash bins. And then just ever so carefully placed next to the trash is this perfectly framed, massive Apollo poster. Apollo 17. Yeah. It was a, it's an actual poster of all the Apollo missions. And it basically highlights all the Apollo missions from Apollo 1 all the way to Gene Cernan's mission. 17, yeah. But it actually has Apollo 17 showcased like pre-launch yeah, of pad, the Saturn V on pad, or yeah, basically pad 39A, but I call it pub 39A because it's in my pub, which is called pub 39A. So yeah. it's a, it's a like absolutely, it thing's huge. I haven't even measured the thing yet, but it's, it's a big poster. Yeah. It's got to be at least, I would say 35 inches tall. Yeah. At and, most, but. And the, yeah, it's just a cool photo. It's, it's, you know, pre-launch night photo of the Saturn V on pad 39A. Yeah. The moon is is in the background is a very like just a crazy cool photo on this massive poster and then all around the outside the outline is where it shows all the other Apollo missions yeah uh, the the mission mission badges essentially yeah. and um, and the coolest thing about it too is it's not like some janky photo or a poster that you you know is kind of like a reprint or anything it's very obviously a vintage poster yeah it's yeah. a poster that probably was produced. Not that long after, maybe Apollo seventeen. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe in, in like the, early eighties. Early eighties, yeah. yeah. So that was amazing. It just yeah. felt like fate or something. Like it, just the fact that it was like in a frame, just just leaning just up against sitting it. there, like facing us. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. I yeah, and and who knows? Maybe somebody wasn't actually throwing it away. Maybe they had just set it there. But uh, I hope not. We still <laughs> we took, we it, took it. So uh, I th- it was next to a trash can. So. Um, yeah. It was yeah. leaning up against somebody's trash can in the street. So in the street, I'm yeah. guessing it, it was it definitely. Was, uh, it was probably trash. some. Yeah, they realized that it was. Uh, hopefully, they realized it was a cool. I have no idea why they're getting rid of it, but they realized it was a cool piece and maybe knew that someone would take it. Yeah. And so, just like leaving a you know a piece of furniture out or an old bike or something with a free sticker on it. Yeah. They knew someone yeah. would grab it. I'm um, gonna, I think what I'll do is I'll. It's definitely uh, a little weathered, but I think what I'll do is I'll put a new frame on it because mm-hmm. I got it like mounted on one of the many nails that I w- were in my walls when I moved in here. But yeah, 
Um, so it's in the corner that's going to be the pub. And I think what I'll do is I'll have eventually uh, to the wall that your back is facing right now. I'll have a, basically a bar come out of the wall there. Yeah. And then have that in the background. Yeah. But and then have all my newspaper newspapers from like I uh, I I've kind of gotten into this phase of uh, collecting old newspapers from Apollo. And I have framed them, so I'm going to basically mount those on the wall back yeah. there. But that's Pub 39A. That'll be the winter so. project to, to build to build a bar. Yeah, that'll be the winter project along with a lot of painting. But the painting won't take that long. I think it would be cool. Yeah. I'd, be, we, we, I'd be more than willing to help. We could build a bar. Rather oh, for than, sure. Rather than like buy one, yeah. build a bar. Build a bar and stain it. and A custom bespoke yeah. bar. That would yeah. be really cool. Yeah, but yeah. So, so th- this poster, um, it was just incredible, an incredible find. So we, so I grab it, I put it under my arm. We're on like our road bikes and our kit and everything, and it's like this massive thing, and it's it's like wavering around in the wind. But we made it, we made it back. We were probably yeah. only what like a mile or so from from uh, from Pub Thirty Nine A. You so. can you can see the actual poster leaning against our bikes on our Instagram if you uh, have visited that. So yep. Eclipse on Tap. Instagram page. It's a beautiful thing. It's in the sun right when we got it. And we had uh, leaned it up against our bikes and on my uh, little back patio fence. But quite defined, I have to say. Like, out of the blue. Yeah. Just just riding along. What are the odds? Yeah. Having one of those days at work and you're just riding along doing a bike ride after work. And that just absolutely made my day. Yeah. I think, I I, I do recall, we were like kind of having like a. Just like a bleh day, just like yeah. a, it was like a Wednesday or something. Just yeah, to, eh. and then that happened. It was just incredible. So yeah, um, whoever uh, laid that out, if you're in the general like, what would that be? What neighborhood of Grand Rapids was that found in? That was near Boston, kind of like yeah. that. I would say, um, oh shoot, I don't even know what you would call that neighborhood. I don't even like know south of East Grand Rapids. Yeah, just south of just East. south of East Grand yeah. Rapids, and you happen to throw an Apollo poster out, and you're listening. Thank you. Yeah, because <laughs> we are thank now you. the. the I'm not uh, going to tell you where I live, but yeah. thank you. Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate your your donation to us. Um, it was just cool. Uh, you you would never expect to see that on the side of the road. And we saw it, and it just blew our minds for a quick second. Yeah. Um, so that was amazing. That was the legendary. Still blows time. my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I walk downstairs every day, and I see that, and I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, yeah. just the fact that it's like the, the pre-launch with the night photo. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Saturn Five, Gene Cernan sitting just up there. Puts a smile on my face. Every Gene Cernan morning. up there waiting to be the last man on the moon. That's right. Just ready to go. Gene That's Cernan right. is my favorite man. That guy's a badass. Cernan. Such a Yes sir. Such a amazing person. Yep. Um like they all were. Yeah, they all were, but And all are. I mean not they're not all we still have most of them. Yeah. Or not most of them, but we still have a few. Charlie so, Duke, Harrison, yeah. Harrison Schmidt, they're yeah. both still here. Jim Lovell. Jim, yeah, they're they're around. And so it's... Uh, Fred yeah. Hayes, he's still here. Yeah. We've still got a good uh, good selection of the Apollo yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Gene is, is no longer with us, but um, just an incredible find. Yeah. So, yeah, with that, we'll move on to uh, our, our final topic, which is amazing as well. Uh, as we've spoken before, David and I are 
amateur bowlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll actually be starting our first ever league. Um, it's going to be a Monday night league over at Wenger's Bowling this this coming Monday. So uh, in just a couple days here, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It's sponsored by Miller High Life, and uh, thank God, it's pretty cool actually. So it's a very casual league, and that's great for us because we're not particularly amazing bowlers. I think we're definitely well, at getting times, better. At, at times. times, we're getting like like last night when we went, I had four strikes in a row. Yeah, and you've had four strikes in a row at one time. Yeah, and I think Julia has had like three, but. On a consistent basis, we're we're getting there still. Yeah. It's that we're definitely still learning. We just started consistently bowling, maybe in the springtime. Yeah, just so, like last March. Yeah, but. so so we're still getting into it, but we're really excited for this league. It's going to be perfect for us, given its casual nature, and they lay out um, every few every few um, pin lays when they lay the pins down. There's a pin that's gold, and if you strike on the gold pin, you get a free Miller High Life, which is badass. Which yeah, why why wouldn't you want that? Yeah, why now? wouldn't you want why wouldn't you want to join the league? I would specifically target just that pin. Yeah, just exactly. I don't even care if I hit any other pin. I'll just hit that pin. Yeah. So yeah. so that's coming up. So we were doing our final practice uh, before league because of course it's uh, you know, we want to we do our best on Monday night. And uh, one thing that we oftentimes do is we'll put "Life on Mars" by David Bowie on the jukebox. Yeah. Um, and as you know, if you've seen the Falcon Heavy launch, they played Life on Mars while that rocket was launching, uh, or while the commi- while the module was kind of in its uh, first orbit, um, splitting apart. The stages were, were splitting apart. Yeah. And as the, the fairing of the rocket opened up and revealed Starman in the Tesla Roadster, it was like the climax of the song. Yeah. The chorus of Life on Mars... And if you haven't listened yeah. to the song, listen to it now. Watch that video. It's a crazy cool moment where the fairing blows off and you see Starman and it's just I mean it's just fantastic. If we could own the rights to that song and play it as our theme before the podcast, I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if, how if you would there do was that, a, but... if there was no copyright laws, that would be the theme in a, in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so ever since we've started consistently bowling We'll put that song on the jukebox and try to time a strike, perfect strike, with the chorus of the climax of that song, just as SpaceX did with the fairing blowing off, revealing Starman. Yeah. And I'll pass this along to David at this point. So this has been an ongoing struggle and debate as to when to time it correctly because we want to always... The, the goal has always been to basically time a strike with the chorus to Life on Mars. So last night we were there, we were at Wangers, and it was kind of just, I wasn't even really thinking about it, and I, I you know, we put some money put in the, the jukebox yep. and put this thing on, and my little sister had her camera, her phone out, and... Uh, I was like, all right, we're going to go for it. We're gonna, I'm just going to do it. And it was more or less like just a... I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. It was, it was just a lob. I kind of yeah. just lobbed it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a cranker when it comes to bowling. I only use one hand and I just, you know... If you're a bowler, kinda, you know yeah. what a cranker means. Yeah, so... <laughs> and and I, I guess I'm a bowler now. But, <laughs> so, um, you know, one out of every 
20 frames, usually I get a strike. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I just decided, okay, we're going to go for it this time. Started the song, and I had, thankfully, uh, a good scout next to me, Matt. <laughs> he was telling me to time it correctly, try to get it going. So it, the, it's the big difficulty is actually timing when you're going to Because it's all, it's all about your style of play. Yeah. If you're a cranker like yourself, you got a decent amount of rev on the ball, so you're... Yeah. Your ball is hitting the pins with a lot of momentum, but the actual speed down the lane is not quite as high as if you're a straight thrower. If you're going to straight throw it, you have to time it differently. I wonder if we should play this for everybody to listen to. But Yeah, we should. We should. I'll ba- pull it up. While yeah. you're talking, I'll pull it up. Yeah, basically, like I got it right here, honestly, on my phone. But Okay. So basically what happened was is I, 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 I timed this thing absolutely to perfection. And I don't even know how I did it, but... <laughs> I just lobbed the thing, and it was a perfect curve from right to left strike right at the chorus of the song. Yeah. Fuck. After, I would say, see, we've been trying to do that since March. Yeah. I think we even came up with the idea when we first went bowling. Yeah. Back in March. We did. But yeah. it's been that long, and uh, and finally we did it. We accomplished it. Uh, I'm. It's probably uh, the most proud moment of my life. <laughs> The, the fact today. that it was, I mean, it was in your style. It was a cranker style. Yeah. It was a perfectly curved strike. It wasn't yeah. like you just were like, oh, 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 shit, here's the song. I'm just going to throw it. And you just got really super lucky. Yeah. You threw it like, and it curved correctly. Yeah. And it hit the pocket square on. And it was just like, boom. And we freaked <laughs> out. There was people around yeah. us. There was some strangers that were bowling on lane to the left of us and to the right of us. Everyone just, everyone knew what we were yeah. trying to do. And everyone just, got like, really lost quiet. too. Yeah, we're like everyone's <laughs> quiet, waiting for this to happen, waiting for the beat to drop, and uh, yeah. and it happened. So yeah, let's play it. Let's play yeah. it. All right. So, so Dave's it's, gonna yeah, honestly, it's posted to our Instagram. Yeah, as you well, can check so it out there, but we'll, you can we'll watch play it the live. video. But here, here I am. Yep. So yeah, that that was the yeah. that was the uh, Instagram post. Check it out at got, Clips you, on Tap. You, you must, it's a must watch. Uh, it is for perfectly use, timed. Perfectly timed, and the by the grace of the good Lord, a great light shone upon me, yeah. and I, <laughs> I I hit a strike right at the chorus. Yeah. it was great. We, so. We've been tra- all three of yeah. us, myself, uh, my wife Julia, David's little sister, and David have been trying to do this for six months uh, to no avail. <laughs> And, and we finally got it, uh, and it was. We incredible. haven't eaten. We haven't done anything for yeah. six months. We've just been trying to time yeah. this damn chorus with a strike. Yep. And we we've actually hit it a couple times where it's actually Close. hit the pins. Yeah, yeah. But, but it hasn't been a strike. Yeah, it's hit and the pins dead on, but it's not a strike. It's always been the dream is to hit the strike. You got to hit the strike, and it's yeah. got to be like a boomer strike. Yeah. Where it's just like clear the pin. It's not like because yeah. if you're a bowler, you know that you hit the pins. Sometimes you get a bad. Um, a bad break and you leave like the nine pin but all of a sudden like one of the other pins comes swinging by and smacks it yeah that wasn't the case it was just like a boom you can hear it on the audio we just recorded it it's a crack it's a crack and uh smacked him yep so yep we cracked cracked the uh the old pins right on time and we just had to talk about it if any of you guys bowl just that would be great just 
send us a video of you guys bowling. That'd be great. Yeah. We, we, you know. Send your rendition of uh, you timing yeah. up Life on Mars with your bowling strike. Another Another good one, it would be actually Starman uh, by David Bowie. That's another one that has a good chorus that you could time it with. But yeah, it, yeah we oftentimes play that too. It could be the David Bowie challenge, trying to time a chorus with a strike. Yeah, hashtag, but, we got to make it specific here. Um, hashtag David Bowie bowling challenge. Yeah. And uh, send it in. Send it in. Because one of our send favorite it. things about going to Wankers is that they do have a jukebox. And we uh, like to take control of that jukebox by playing music that we enjoy, yeah. uh, which pretty much every time includes Life on Mars and Starman in some capacity. Three or four times. Several times. <laughs> Depending on how many times we want to attempt to try to get this right, yeah. um, which now we've achieved it, so maybe it'll be less, but I'm sure we'll try again yeah. um, every time it comes on. So We'll try uh, Monday probably during league. Yeah, during league. <laughs> Our opponent's going to be like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> um, and uh, once we hit it and we, we do it again, they'll know. But uh, we had to talk about it on the podcast because it was just a monumental moment. Um, Life-changing. Our, our bowling team is called Team Eclipse on Tap. Yep. So it's uh, it, it's only natural they talk about it here because yep. uh, why not? I'd be offended if we did not. So Yeah. Yep. So so that's the last of our uh, our news was the... The strike, as the, we're calling it. The strike. The strike. Strikes. Yeah, the strike of all strikes. The best strike to ever have striked. So with that said, um, if you are a first-time listener, we have uh, plenty of social media outlets to follow. We have a Twitter and Instagram, which share the same handle. That is at Eclipse on Tap. Um, and you can also, if you're not a social media user, you can hit us up on email at EclipseOnTap at gmail.com. Send us an email. Um, what One of the things we're trying to push is if you've got a photo of the eclipse or a photo of really anything space-related, something you're seeing in your telescope, your David Bowie bowling challenge video, uh, tweet it at us. Inst- send us a message on Instagram. Uh, we'd love to interact with the people that listen to this podcast. And as David and I have always said, we're not interested in getting like a massive amount of followers. We'd love it if that happened. But that's not our motive. Our motive is to share the passion for space yep. and to get people... And bowling. And bowling. <laughs> <laughs> to get people out looking up in the, in the night sky, um, putting things, yep. putting life into perspective and just realizing we are human beings on, uh, on the planet Earth and there's a lot of cool stuff around us. Yeah, we're on, so, a, we're on a piece of uh, dust floating through space, basically. Yeah, just like so. that Lagunitas yep. can said. Yep. We're... Uh, so. Yep, we're on a, a rock uh, three from the sun, and it's just a, it's a cool thing. So hit us up on social media. Uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts. We also are on Google um, Play Store, and we're going to try to find a couple other podcast avenues as well. Stitcher Radio is one I'm trying to get on. And um, if, you, if you like what we're doing, give us a review, give us a like, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate everybody who does follow us and uh, everybody who's been listening in. Um, we really appreciate it. And like we said, if you have any photos, anything like that, please send them our way. We haven't received any yet, so. Yep. But we'd love to. We've had to. a few. A few. Uh, 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 somebody down, I think it was in Kentucky, sent us that painting. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we they we, tagged us in that. Yeah, painting they tagged us in their painting. So we yeah. we've had a couple of yeah. social media interactions, but no like. No photos of telescope, you know, cool yeah. things you've seen or whatever. 
um, or direct tweets or anything. So, yeah. so uh, hit us up. And, and uh, the, the handle that we use, again, is at Eclipse on Tap. And the hashtag that we, we tend to, to, to use is hashtag Get Out Look Up. Yeah, uh, that's kind of get the, out, look up. That's the theme of our podcast: get outside and look up at the night sky. So, with that being said, we will see you next time for episode fourteen. Crazy to say, episode fourteen. Episode fourteen. Who would have thought? It's like but, another uh, Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> Roll the credits. Yep. So, with that said, uh, we'll yep. see you next time, and we appreciate you tuning in. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm.